Good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful day. So we continue. We left off. We begin the second chapter in Tractate Edevin, 17b. So the Commissioner is impossible to allow you to draw water from the well. So you need to make four L-shaped poles. And all together, you have like eight, eight sides, eight boards, six of an arm on each, uh, each uh, side of the pole. And this enables you to carry the dumdin. L-shaped, two side, two-sided poles. One is north, one is east, etc. Nidin kishmein. All together, looks like eight. Rabbi Huda says, "Opinion." Rabbi Huda, says, addition to the poles on each corner surrounding the well, which encircles it, and therefore makes it now it's considered the private domain, so I can draw water and drink from the well within this enclosure. In addition, I also need another four boards in the center of each side. to four L shape in each corner, which makes it a total of eight, and four in the, in the middle of each side. A height of ten tvachim, minimum height of ten tvachim, has to be wide six, and each, each board, each direction has to be six tvachim, an amma. But the thickness is cultural. It doesn't matter how thick it is. And the space between between the boards can how, how the amount of space it would take to allow three oxen together two pairs of three oxen, each one going in a different direction, how they can both leave and enter at the same time, and that's ten ams. Two teams of four oxen each. So that's thirteen ams and two and a third. That's two tvach. Two tvach. Uh, The width of the team is measured, the oxen are tied together, not loose, which is a smaller measure because they're closer together. One team enters, one team leaves, and that's the space, that's 13 amas and a third of an amma. And then the Mishnah continues, I can bring these poles closer to the well. Reducing the enclosed area. As long as there's enough space within these boards for a cow to stand with its head and most of its body inside this enclosure and drink. If it's smaller than that, then you're not allowed to, then it's not, it's not effective. But if, it's, but if it's, it meets this minimum size, then it's okay. I'm also allowed to distance the board any amount as much as I want. 
As long as I make sure I have enough boards, it cannot be a distance in one board and the next more, Rabbi Guda said, than uh, 13 Amas and a third Amas. Or, according to the mayor, ten amas. Yehuda argues. He says, no, there is a maximum amount. You can widen the enclosure only until Besasayim, which is 5,000 square amas, like around a little more than 7,500 square feet area. So as long as you have enough boards, and there's no gap between the boards greater than ten amas, according to the mayor, and 13 and a third and two tefachim and a third am according to Yehuda, it's okay, but only up until two society. Versus the Tanakhama disagrees and says no, it could be any any distance. Amru so the rabbis responded to Rabbi Yehuda, loy Amru beisasayim el degin el karve. The sage is only said to some, only regarding a garden. Legina, a garden, or a storage place where they store logs and other things. So it's not made for human habitation. So it's easily confused with a public area or a carmelis. So therefore, they said any space larger than two, so you're not allowed to carry it. If they enclosed the area was a deer, a deer would they would close off a certain part of the farm and have the animals graze there. So then, its dung could be used as fertilizer. And then it would open it up and move them to a different part of the field. So if it was deer, so since the shepherd is deer, so it's like it's called uh, habit. Uh, it's habitual. Uh, a person is meant to live there. A person is there, taking care of the of the flock. Pizar or coral to keep the animals, a mukta, a backyard, a chutzah, a courtyard, like a garage, a backyard. These are all places where people are found, and therefore, therefore, a filobase chameshes couldn't, even if it's too kur, a filobase asada couldn't. Not only two saw, kur is 30 saw. Even if it's up to ten kurin, three hundred saw, it's okay to carry. And so to here with the well, the well, since a person goes to the well to draw water, so it's called that he lives there. So it's surrounded. These are walls that are made for a person, and therefore it doesn't matter how big it is, it's okay. But you can extend it as far as you want as long as you add there's no space between each board a more than 10 amas going to have and 13 and the third amas according to Yehud so even though we just learned in the last chapter that you can't have an open space one of the things we learned from Moshe and Sinai you can't have the open space more than the closed space if it's 51% open and 49% closed, it's not considered a wall. And here, with the Pasi Bidoy, where it's mostly open, you just have in each corner, you have an L-shaped post, 
facing in the two opposite directions, how can you call that? And even according to the mayor, you add the add the post in each side in the middle. Still, the open space is much more than the closed space. The answer is, Taisa says, because here we have four walls. When do we say that if it's more open than closure and that Moshe received that from Sinai, it's only if you have three walls. But if you have four walls, since we have here in each corner and it's facing each direction, so it's as if it's fully enclosed. So therefore, over here, biblically, it doesn't matter that the majority open. Nevertheless, rabbinically, we say it's not good walls, only in this case order to enable and to drink water for those who are going, making pilgrimage to the temple, they needed access to water. Shabbos, they camped out on the roads, in the public areas. So therefore the rabbis allowed them, because biblically it's okay. And therefore we don't need to have the problem, the issue of, what did you say, the ear on each side to cancel out the wall? Since the open space on each side is greater than, in other you can't have a wall that's open space on both sides. And the open space on both sides is greater than the wall. It's not a door. A door is when it's majority closed and you have an opening, an entranceway. But you can't have a huge opening and then you have a little board in between and consider that a wall. But again, that's only rabbinic, biblically, since it doesn't matter, it's considered a wall, and it doesn't matter the fact that it's open on both sides. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Our Mishnah is not follow Hananya, the Tani will never rise. To encircle a bird, a pit that has rainwater, a cistern. You can do these uh, L-shaped poles on each corner. And for a caravan that's traveling, that uh, is resting for Shabbos, settled in for Shabbos, so there you need to make a wall of strings, of ropes. It's not enough just to put on each corner of the camp of uh, the encampment put in each corner of these L-shaped beams. No. Only only in the case of water is that okay. But here, even a flimsy wall, we have to need a wall of strings within three tvachim, like we learned the other day. That's the opinion of Tanakhama. disagrees. And he says, That even for a pit, you also need strings, ropes. It's not enough to make a these L-shaped beams. And here the mission says clearly that we do allow us to make these uh, this makeshift wall on the four corners. But I feel really I can tell you our mission follows Hananya. There's a difference between a pit and a well. Our mission is discussing a well. A well, the mission says you can make these L-shaped uh, poles be on each side and that's okay. A, a pit, not. Why? What's the difference? Because a pit, which is a cistern that just collects rain that comes in from the outside, what if it dries up? 
And then when there's no longer any water, the rabbis would not permit you to carry under these circumstances with this very fl- flimsy wall just in the four corners, each corner is L-shaped. That's, it's so, so therefore we don't allow you in that case. That's what Hanania says, that even for, a, for, uh, even for a pit, you need ropes all around to make like a wall. And only then are you allowed to draw water from the pit outside the pit. But our mission is talking about a well. A well, which is a wellspring that flows from the ground. It's not going to stop. There's no worries. It's not going to stop flowing. Therefore, even Hananya agrees that you're allowed to make these L-shaped beams in each corner to an hour allow you to draw water and to carry the water outside of the well. Since Hanani doesn't make that distinction, according to Hanani, it doesn't matter if it's a pit or if it's a well. You can only make a, a wall made of ropes but not of the four-cornered L-shaped to be uh, uh, boards. Let us say the Hananya argues our mission. Mother says, no, I feel the Really, I can tell you that our mission also follows Hananya. The reason he only mentions Burr because in the Braise the Tanakama says Burr. So he, he responds also. And the reason why in the Braise Hananya doesn't make the distinction between a pit, a cistern, and a well. Because he's just responding to the Tanakama. It's not the Tanakama is talking about the case of Burr. So he says, in the case of Burr, in the case of a pit, you cannot make these L shaped beams. The only option is to make a wall, even if it's a flimsy wall, just horizontal, made of rope. But really, in the case of well, as an our missioner, even if you agree that here you could make a, uh, you could use, you don't need the rope, a, fo- a wall of ropes, you can even um, make these L-shaped in each corner, L-shaped beams, and it enables you to carry. As we explained, the difference between a cistern and a well. Now the Gemara continues. Let us say our Mishnah is not followed Rabbi Kiva, now we learn the Mishnah. Whether it's a public well or whether it's a public pit or a private well you can put these L-shaped uh, boards in each corner and that enables you to draw water but a personal pit a private pit you want to draw water from this pit collects rainwater you have to make a real mechitza proper mechitza a height of 10 So the ilo, so the, according to Rabbi Akiva, according to 
according to Rabbi Kiva, you're allowed to carry in a well, but even in a pit. But our mission says wells you're allowed to carry. Only wells and not pits. And Rabbi Kiva says even a pit, if it belongs to the public, you're allowed to, because they're going to remind each other even if it, if it dries up. Only in the case of a pit that belongs to a private person, it's private, that you're not allowed to because it's going to dry up and you're still going to use these these little, these flim- these walls, the corners, these L-shaped beams in the corners to carry and then they would be prohibited. The mother says, no, I feel the tamer Rabbi Kiv. Uh, really, our mission follows Rabbi Kiv. The reason why the mission only mentions wells because it's a simple thing. Wells are always permitted in all circumstances. Under all circumstances, whether it belongs to the private or belongs to the public. That's why he just says wells. But he didn't want to mention pit, even though the same law applies to pit, if it belongs to, because there is a difference. You have to depend, you have to qualify your statement. The moment you say pit, what kind of pit? it's not simple if it belongs to, pri- to the public then yes it belongs to the pr- private no so like, therefore he just mentions simply wells but really you're right in the case a uh, uh, pit would also work if it belongs to the public looks like Rabbi Kiva said Tiki Mara says Lema Mas Nisin the Lai Rabbi Hudam and Baba our mission is not follow the opinion of Rabbi and Baba did not we learn later on you're only allowed to make these L-shaped beams on all four corners. It only works. Boards only. A wellspring that belongs to the public. But if it's a pit, no. Even if it belongs to the public. And if it's a well, if it belongs to a private person, you're not allowed to. But according to our Mishnah, is wells in the plural, meaning whether it belongs to the public, all types of wells. doesn't matter if it's a privately owned well, it's a publicly owned well. I'm allowed to use these L-shaped boards to enable me to carry. So this argues, Rabbi Hudavim Baba says, no, only, only a well that's public. Everything you want to know. I feel tamed with him above. Really, I can tell you, you can follow the peanut with him above. Uh, my beroiz, beroiz the alm. Beroiz doesn't mean in this two different types of wells, it doesn't matter whether it belongs to public or private. It means in general. Wells, period. Wells, each. In, the, in general. In the plural, in the sense of what's the law in relation to wells in the plural. But of course, only a well that belongs to the public is allowed. Maidim yumdim, what's the yumdim? Yumdim, two beams, because it's L-shaped, so therefore each one, it's like in two different directions, so each one is two, like two boards. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Hudim Baba? Why is he only allow in the case of a wellspring that belongs to the public. So he holds because 
a wellspring that belongs to the public, it's sweet water, it's well water. It's drinkable. Versus, versus a, a cistern, a pit, even if it belongs to the public, you're not allowed to drink from it since the water is not as drinkable. Just one last thing before we continue. Taisus asks the Mishnah why, even though the rabbis say you can extend the perimeter around the well as much as you want, even if it's not only two saw, 30, 30 kur, which is 90 saw, he says, but, but, never, but, but earlier we learned the rabbis qualified in the case of a caravan that's, that set up camp on Shabbos, rested on Shabbos, yes, you can make it as much as you want, the perimeter around the camp, but as long as you don't have two saw, 7,500 square feet, just no usage. Here we don't make that distinction. Obviously, I just, I just needed just to draw water. How much do I need already? So it's two saw, more than two saw, which I'm not doing anything. And nevertheless, it doesn't disqualify it. So either Tesla says, because it's only there, since the caravan is temporary, therefore the rabbi says it has to be obvious that you're living there. If it's just empty, empty of any utility, of any usage, then it disqualifies the whole enclosure or you can say just the opposite here here since the rabbis consider it like it's a closed wall if it's a totally closed wall then I don't care how long it goes how big it is I can carry it it's only in the case where it's a flimsy wall it's not really a good wall it's only vertical or only horizontal then it has to be obvious that you're living there Okay, now the Gemara continues. Now this Now also we learn over there every day. Kol all bad figs, a certain type of bad fig, poor quality fig, is exempt from the Mai. Surely, we don't have to suspect that even the simple person, the earthly person, did not tithe. The spear. There's nothing to spear here. He would happily tie it and give it to the levy. Chutz, he says, except from Diyufra. Diyufra is, is valuable, and here we have to suspect maybe he didn't tie it. So if we buy it from him, we have we receive it from him, we have to tie it. Two. Diyoy means two. Like we said over here, Diyumdin. Two. I'm with it, two boards. So two, a fruit, a tree that gives its fruit twice a year, obviously is of a higher quality. says, Do you parts upon them? All with two. But that Adam was created with two faces. The face of a male and the face of a female. Adam had no back. His back was another face. It was face and face. Shnema says, Ochr v'kedem tatani. David Amelis writes in Psalm 139, 
Hashem, you created my back and my front. Obviously, what's other, what's uh, other, what's the David trying to teach me? But he's trying to teach me that my front, my back was like my front. That it had two faces. See, it says, "By even Hashem looking at the Hashem put Adam to sleep, and he built from his side." Rabbi Shmuel, we have an argument. Rabbi Shmuel, Chad, Rabbi says, "Parts of Hashem separated these two faces." Chadam Arizona, Adam had a tail. Hashem took the tail, and from the tail he made Chav. According to the person, the opinion that holds was face to face on both sides. You form me the the end, the back, and the the front and the back. What do you mean? The man was the last to be created. Because he's like the king, everything is comes in last. Everything is created for him. Everything, the table is set. Everything is set for him. That's why he's the first one to get punished, because the whole world does evolve around man. He is the center of the universe. He is the most important, and therefore, if he doesn't do what he has to do, he's the first one to get punished. That's what it means. I'm the end. I'm the last, but I'm the first in line to get the punishment. I okay, I understand what you mean. It was the last thing that was created Friday. Where do you see that he was the first to get punished? If you want to say because he was cursed, when they ate from the tree, first the snake was cursed first, then Chava and Adam. Then Chava was cursed, then Adam was cursed. Where do we see that man was cursed first? By the flood. Hashem wiped everything. He should have just left it there. Left, he wiped everything off the face of the earth. Everything simultaneously. But he says, no, he spells out. First man was wiped out and then the animals. He formed with two yuds. Because it was two formations on each side. Man and male and female. According to opinion that the Chava was created from Adam's tail, Adam had a tail. What do you mean, two two formations? Either way, I lose. If I listen to Hashem's woe to me, my Yitzhah will drive me crazy. Well, let me rest. If I follow my Yitzhah, woe for me is for my Creator. He's not going to let me last. Yeah, he'll, he'll punish me. 
Okay, we'll see in a second. Bishle Mandomar in the cave of bottom. It says Shem created them man, man and woman, male and female. He created them. What do you mean he created them male and female? No, he only created male. And then he operated Adam from Adam, he made a female. He created them in the plural, male and female. Another verse says, He created him in the singular. So which one is it? In the beginning, Hashem wanted to create two, both male and female together. Safe at the end, He only created one. That's why he says He created him, but when it came to thought, Hashem's Hashem's plan, intention was to create both male and female. If that explains how, and even though man, Adam and Chava were not created, it wasn't face two faces. It wasn't two faces. It was just one formation. That's what he calls one formation. Because he created Adam, and then from Adam he made Chava. Versus it was two faces, then it's Vayitzer, it's two, it's, two, it's two formations. Says, it makes sense according to the opinion that holds with two faces. Says, and he closed up after the operation. He made chava. He closed up. He closed up his his body because he sliced up half of him. He took off half half of him, and now he had to make a back. He had to create a back for for. Uh, he had to fill fill that space. He filled the flesh in its place. If it was his tail, so he sliced off the tail, but he never filled up that space. He didn't create anything instead of the tail. So what does it mean? The place where he made the cut, where he removed the tail, so that he filled up that gap. It shouldn't, shouldn't, like this you can tell that something was sliced off. So Hashem replaced the flesh. He couldn't tell. Because even though the body heals after a cut, but still leaves an incision. It leaves a scar. 
And here Hashem healed it. You can't tell there was any cut. There's no scar. It makes sense according to the opinion that holds with two faces. I know the chsiv. It says by Yivan he built because he had to build her. He had to make her from a tail. He had to, to build a person. El mandom of parts according to the opinion that it was two faces. Maybe even what did he have to build? It was already made. It was just a slice. Hashem built from his side and built women, so he explained, interpreted, not he built it because she was ready made already. When Hashem created Adam, there was male and female. He braided her here. And he brought her to Adam, prepared her for like a wedding. He was, Hashem was her hairdresser. The cities by the sea, they called braided here, binyatsa, building. That's what it means he built. Another explanation, even Hashem Hashem built. Hashem built her, shaped her like the shape of a building. What does it mean? Kibinyan oitzer, like a storehouse. Ma oitzer, rachav ma'ita, v'katzun l'ma'ita. A storehouse is wide on the bottom and it uh, narrows on top. Kibinyan kabel sapetus, in order to contain the produce, the fruits. Other, because otherwise, if it was narrow on the bottom and wide on top, it would put pressure on the walls, and the walls would collapse. Now it's wide on the bottom and narrow on top, so it stores it well. So Afayish also a woman, the womb of a woman is wide on the bottom and narrow on top. The cables have large, be able her hips are wider, but she should be able to contain the embryo. It says in the parts of IVL, Adam he brought her to Adam. Hashem brought Chavat Adam Malamid. Teaches us Hashem got to work. Hashem was the wedding, made all the wedding arrangements. Took care of everything. He brought her, he, he uh, braided her hair. We can from here, we learn, that even a great person should get involved and make sure help a person get a shidduch and everything that he needs to get married and shouldn't say to himself, it's not befitting for me, it's beneath my dignity if Hashem could uh, be the shushvin for Chava, surely we can be the shushvin for any person who needs who needs our help. According to the opinion that says Hashem created two faces, who walked first? <laughs> who was the front? Who was the back? How did he walk? This was Rav Nachman's statement. Nachman Yisroch says, Mestabra makes sense. The male goes first. But that person should not walk behind his wife. Oh, another woman, you're not allowed to lustfully look after her. But here it's your own wife, you're allowed to. But nevertheless, 
it's not proper, it's not etiquette that a person should be walking behind his wife. But if you meet on the, on the uh, bridge and you have to walk, you should go ahead. Here we're talking about someone that's not your wife. You shouldn't walk behind her. And whoever walks behind a woman in the when we're crossing a river and she has to lift up her clothes and expose herself, and then he looks after her lustfully as no share in the world to come. Tanar and the rabbis learn taught a person, a money exchanger, but he does it because he wants to gaze and look at at, at beautiful women while he's doing the exchange even if he's similar to Moshe received from Mount Sinai like it was handed over hand to hand will not be clean from the punishment of Gehenna of hell that if, you, if you're handing over from hand to hand your money exchanger your hand to hand so you should be able to look at her, even if yad liyad, you receive the title like Moshe from the hand of Hashem, you will not uh, be cleansed. You will not get off. The father of Shimshon Hagibah was a, was a simple person. Menoyach went followed his wife, and we just learned that the husband etiquette dictates the husband should go first and then the wife. But you see, he wasn't a learned person. Maskif, Lord Abnachman, Yitzhak, Abnachman, Yitzhak, we see that Abnachman by Yitzhak is not the Abnachman. Whenever we say Abnachman in the, in the Talmud, it's a different Abnachman. Abnachman by Yitzhak was someone else. Abnachman by Yitzhak is asked Abnachman. Elamiyatav, that's the case. Gabi Elkana. Elkana. The father of Shmuel, who was a prophet, he went after his wives. Obviously, he must have been learned that he was a prophet. He can't be an ignoramus and be a prophet. He says he went after his wife, Achinami, and also got by Elisha, the prophet Elisha, the protege of Elijah the prophet. It says, He went after the woman, Achinami. Also, going to say the same thing that he, he, he didn't act correctly. They didn't act correctly. Elisha and meaning he went after not physically the Tanakh is not telling us that he physically walked behind her Firstly, it's not even significant it's not even relevant he means to say that he followed her advice but that the Elkanah followed his wife's advice Hannah's advice and Menoyah followed his wife's advice so when it says over here when it says over here that Mandoyach went after his wife, he means he followed in her advice, not that he physically went after her, maybe he went ahead of her. According to the way Nachman understood it, that it means literally that he walked behind his wife. And therefore, Rav Nachman commented he was an Amoritz. He wasn't a scholar. I feel a bit abnamilikra. He never even learned Chumash. Forget about the scholar. As if it says clearly in the Chumash, in Genesis, Vatokam Rivka, Vinadisah, Rivka stood up and, and her maids, Vatikavna, like Malim, and they rode on the camels, Vatilachna, and they followed the person. They followed Eliezer. 
So this is simple etiquette that even a, even a five-year-old child knows. And obviously Manel did not follow that etiquette. Better to follow a lion, not a woman, because it will lead to loss, it will lead to sin, which uh, death of the soul is much more severe than death of the physical death. Better follow a woman and follow idolatry, following idolatry, which could lead you to lose everything. Better to follow idolatry than to follow behind, to go behind the shul and not enter the shul. Because then you're denying, you don't believe in davening, you don't believe in Hashem, you don't believe Hashem is running this world. And that's even worse. Idolatry, at least you believe in something. You're believing in the wrong God. Here you don't believe that God, you don't believe in God, period. You don't believe that God has anything to do with my life what does it mean the back of a shul so Taisus brings one interpretation is the entrance of the shul is the east and the back of the shul is the west so the back of the shul is where the ark is so if you pass the back of the shul and you don't enter but Taisus has difficulties with that because it says it says you should turn your head, face towards the shul. It says that's even worse. The whole congregation is facing is facing west, and you're going to face east. So Taisus says the back of the shul means actually the front of the shul, where the doors are. He's calling it the back because you have your back to the people. All the congregants in the shul are in the shul, facing facing the ark, facing west. They're in the Middle East, where they were, their countries, they faced west, they faced Israel. And you're in the back of them, you're turning your back to them, in the back, you're not entering into the show. All these years that Adam Adisham was excommunicated for 130 years after he sinned. With the tree of knowledge, and he gave birth to demons, female demons. Shenema, he Adam Shleishem Mashana. Adam lived 130 years by Yehud. He gave birth with Musa Ketzalma in his image. After 130 years, he gave birth in his image. Sheis, we called Adiidna to teach me that up until this point, for the last 130 years, La Betzalmayel, he gave birth, but not in his image. He gave birth to uh, demons and spirits. Mace, I'll ask you a question. He was a great chassid. Since he saw that he brought death to the world as a result of his sin, as a consequence, he brought death into the world. And his death came about because of the eating, the tree, he ate from the tree, therefore he fasted for the next 130 years. And also because of the Chava, so he separated from his wife, Meishlech, 130 years. According to one opinion, what he ate was a fig tree, it was a fig, 
So he also took from the fig tree and he took the vines and he created the, uh, and he used it as a girdle on, on, his, on his flesh, which is uncomfortable to atone for a sin. So we see he was a chassid. What do you mean he gave birth to spirits and demons? And that 130 years it was inevitable and impossible you shouldn't have some nocturnal emissions some sort of emissions your body just for health reasons has to you know has to um, have these emissions and therefore from these unintended unintentional emissions that gave birth to all these negative forces demons and spirits We say, we praise a person's praises only partial. Some of his praises before him. Not in front of him, we say all of his praises. Where do we learn this from? Hashem tells Noah to his face, I see, I see you as a tzaddik. But that is in this generation. It's only, only partial praise. Total praise when he's not present. It says in the opening line, He says, Not only was he a tzaddik, he was also tamim, he was whole. So we see, don't praise, only say part of a person's praises in front of him. Send out the dough to see if the water receded if anything grew and then he came back with a, uh, a leaf of an olive tree so, the dove said before Hashem the master of the universe my, uh, my livelihood should be as bitter as the olive tree but the Muslim should be dependent on you. And it should be in your hands. I am a sukkim kid vasher. Shouldn't be sweet. It will be at basav adam. In the ark, in the teva, Noah's ark. Noah took care of him, gave him everything that he needed. He says, I would rather. I would rather receive directly from Hashem, even if it's bitter, like Isaiah is, than to depend on the favors of a person. Feed me, sustain me with my portion of bread. So that's what it means. I would rather have my sustenance coming, even if it's a bitter, as bitter as the olive tree coming from you directly, Hashem, then from Noach. Any home which you hear words of Torah at night will never be destroyed. Those who sing at night the Torah's called song will never have to moan, where is my God? Oy, what happened to me? Because he'll be blessed. Rambam says that when does a person get the crown of Taita? The most important part to learn Taita is at night. The person learns Taita at night. At night when everything is shut down. At night when all the classes are over. 
at night when you have you can go to bed or at night when people go and party and instead a person sublimates all that energy and uses that energy and doesn't waste a single night and uses that energy instead of distraction and entertainment uses the energy of the night to study Torah then he will be he will be blessed and he will merit the crown of the Torah since the base of Migdash was destroyed, we only use two letters of Hashem's name. Every Nisham. So Rashi says, in the base of Migdash, only the Levim, only the Koyanim were allowed to say Hashem's name. They blessed the full name of Hashem. Everyone could only say Yudke. Only two letters. Taisva says, Rabbi Nachanano learns, Neshama, even when we're destroyed, when we're destroyed, then we only praise, only use two names of Hashem's name, Yudke. When Babylonia was cursed, Iraq was cursed, and then uh, its neighbors were also cursed. They didn't benefit, it was a total wasteland. Shemrin, Skalda Shemrin, when Shemrin, the ten tribes of Israel, when that was devastated, this when it was cursed, the neighbors were blessed because the land flourished. When Babylonia was cursed, its neighbors were cursed. It says, I'm going to make into an inheritance of wild animals, and water, and streams of water. So nobody could benefit from the land. But Shemrin, Skalda Shemrin, is Barcha Shemrin. The Siva says, Vasamti Shemrin, Liyasada. I'm going to turn Shemrin into a heap in the field. Lematoi Bekada. But it will turn at the top of page 19a. Lematoi Kada, a place of planting vineyards. So the neighbors will enjoy it, planted vineyards. Taisus asks, we know that Israel has a special blessing. That when the Jewish people are not there, the land remains destroyed. And the 19th century was a swamp land. There were no Palestinian people, and never was, and never will be. The place was a swamp land. Mark Twain gives us a living account. He went to visit. It was a completely, and that's part of the blessing, that Israel only responds to the Jewish people. When the Jewish people don't live in Israel, Israel is, is, is desolate. Swamp land. And here we're saying, no, that when Israel is desolate, the neighbors enjoy it. So Tesis is here, we're talking about Shemrin, when the ten tribes of Israel. So the neighbors are referring to the Jewish people, the two tribes of Yehuda and Benjamin, for a for hundred years, and not uh, was still in the land of Israel. So they benefited then, for their sake, the, the desolate lands of the ten tribes still produced vineyards, were, were, were ripe, fertile for vineyards, and therefore there was a blessing for the neighbors. Or Taisva says, it's still somewhat fertile, not the same as when the Jewish people are there. The Jewish people are there, it really flourishes. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day.